Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're going to define arrogance in the Word of God and tell you how you can have power over it. An arrogant person always brags on himself, thinks of himself higher than anybody else. God wants you to be humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and walk in humility toward Him. God is still in the business of taking nobodies and making somebodies out of them. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. Uh, Sometimes I do what I'm doing today and I have another broadcast that's taking up particular sins in the Word of God to let you know, and oftentimes the verses I quote are from the Old Testament and uh, basically comes back that sin has not changed, but the power we have to deal with sins has become greater in the New Testament than it was in the Old Testament. Uh, They did not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. They didn't have a full Bible like you have. We have those today. And so the beauty of it is, is we live in a specialized day, the day of the church and the two major tools that God has given us as Christians, as believers to help handle sins is number one, the presence of the indwelling Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And that is if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The second one is the power of the word of God in us. And your word have hidden my heart that I might not sin against God. And the New Testament tells us that these exceeding great and precious promises found in the Bible, it said, they have been given to us that by them, by them exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. And there's so many other verses telling us about the power of the word of God that we can walk not only free from sin, but walk in holiness. And that means to walk in a holy life every single day. That's the potential we have. And again, you know, we have to walk for quite a while and we get to a point in our life where we sin far, 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 far less. In fact, you might even have to stop and say, when's the last time I did sin? You can't remember it. It's been so long ago. That doesn't mean you never will sin. It just simply means you are beginning a great walk of holiness in your life of which comes ultimate happiness, ultimate joy, ultimate fulfillment, ultimate peace. I mean, all the fruit of the spirit comes to its maximum inside of us when we learn to walk free from sin. This is what God has directed us toward. Today, we're going to take a look at a sin that really is such a source. It's kind of like a root for many sins that come out of it. It's called arrogance. We're going to talk about that extreme pride. And so freedom from arrogance, we're going to read in Psalm 131. Go ahead and turn there with me. We're going to take a look at verses one through three. In fact, this is the entire Psalm. This is one of those songs of a sense. And uh, it's the shorter Psalms of David. Many, many of these were extremely short. In fact, the uh, story I remember is whenever I was young and I was in my uh, high school, uh, you know, classes and stuff at the, at the church, you know, we had a youth group. And before that, I was in children's church. They would often ask us to memorize a chapter of the Bible. I'd always go back to these really short Psalms. You know, this one really has three verses in it. And, uh, but you know, they're still powerful, even though they're short, they're powerful. And uh, what David did was simply in this particular Psalm, Psalm 131, it only has three verses, but it's got four points to it. Four points on freedom uh, in the life to walk the Christian life. And so the book is really a, a, a book about growing in the things of God, leadership secrets. And so I have a book on that. This is Psalm 131, this book I have right here. And so this is what's being offered today. 
and we're taking uh, up just one of the points in there. It's called Freedom from Arrogance, but this book is available. I know many business people have bought it and found out that really a secret to business in their life is getting their life right with God, walking in morality, walking in the fruit of the spirit. And so arrogance is one of those things that is trapped inside of us, inside of our flesh, but we can have control over it by the power of the word, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at verses one through three here in Psalm 131. It starts out this way, a song of ascents of David. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high or too difficult for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of its mother. My soul is as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from this time on and forever. He says in the opening verse that I, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. This is arrogance. Why, this is the first thing he mentions is freedom from arrogance in this particular thing, causing again, a change in the life so that you can find those areas of success in your life and you can truly be a successful Christian, a successful businessman too, a successful husband, wife, whatever occupation you have, besides the positions of life that you have, you can become great at it you can become successful at it by learning to overcome arrogance in your life. David wrote this particular psalm and it was through the rebellion of a man that worked for him named Ziba, who appeared to be a great man, but literally inside was jealous of David, envious of David, trying to take over David's position. And then later on when David uh, gave a lot of it, to Mephibosheth, and that was the one person that was still in his line that was still alive because he made a covenant earlier in his life with Jonathan and that their seed would be blessed too. When Jonathan was dead, all the light of Saul was gone. He looked for somebody, found Mephibosheth and gave him partial control over all the land he had. And that made Ziba really mad because Ziba had a number of men under him that switched over. And whenever that uh, the death of, of Saul came along, they came over and they began to work for David. And so he expected he would be the one to have this. And whenever it was given to someone else, he became so upset and the arrogance that was in him rose to the top. And eventually uh, he he actually came and, and caused confusion in David's life. And then again, he pulled the wool over David's eyes. David did some things wrong and Ziba was the cause of it. And because of that, David wrote this particular Psalm. This is the background for Psalm 131. And David starts out with arrogance. My heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. So he's bringing in again that arrogance is the cause of every kind of sin after that. In fact, it was the cause of the sin of Satan himself who started out again and then rose and tried to take over God's throne. So David wrote Psalm 31 telling us promotion comes by degrees. That's what it means by a song of ascents, that there's steps up with God. You start here and you begin to go up. David came through two rebellions, Absalom first of all, then Ziba, the one I was talking about, a servant of his later on. Galatians chapter six and verse nine says this, let us not be weary in well-doing. In other words, you can get tired of sinning, but listen to this, don't get tired of just doing what's right. Okay, because why? It says in due season, we'll reap if we don't faint. What is the weariness that comes in well-doing? When's it ever gonna come? I've been walking, doing the right things for years and it seemed like I still have it. When is it ever gonna come? It says, wait a minute, your due season will come. Just keep on going, due season will come if you reap and don't faint. Winners and losers are determined by their heart attitude. The winnings of a loser are temporary, but the losses of a winner are also temporary. Psalm 34 and verse 19, 
19 says this, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. It seems like you're following God. There's still afflictions that come against you. Continue to do what's right. Don't vary from doing what's right. Let patience take over, not arrogance, thinking somehow God's left me and I need to take control of my own life. No, the Lord delivers him out of them all, all those afflictions. Proverbs 24 and verse 16 says, a just man falls seven times, then rises up. But the wicked will fall in times of calamity. A just man may fall, but he may fall in good times or times of calamity, but he gets right back up. But whenever a wicked man falls in times of calamity, he's going to stay down. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses eight and nine says, we are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. One of the great things here about getting past arrogance is just to keep on walking in patience. Patience is the major attack that comes against arrogance. It is the major force in your life or like the combat soldier that comes against arrogance. Arrogance is exaggerated self-esteem. Self-esteem is important in the Christian life. In fact, we're told it's fine to think fine of yourself. Luke chapter 10 and verse 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. It's okay to love the Lord. It's okay to love your neighbor. It's okay to love yourself. Just don't put yourself between the Lord and your neighbor. Love your neighbor as much as yourself. And then we're also told in Proverbs to love yourself less than your neighbor. Put your neighbor above yourself, putting others even above yourself. This is the highest form of love. Love puts everyone on your level or puts you below them as a servant for them. But arrogance puts you above others. Arrogance is the source of the original sin of Lucifer, but it's also the source of all personal sins in our life. Satan had five I wills at his fall. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, tells us about this and notice what he said. Here we have the five I wills, he said. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground, which weakened the nations? Verse 13 now tells us how he was cut down, how the nations were weakened and how he fell from heaven. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit in the mountain of the congregation of the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. You could almost go <sighs> with all the I wills in there. Good Lord, that's all he thought about was himself, himself, himself. Welcome to jealousy and pride on the inside, manifesting itself on the outside as arrogance. All a person filled with arrogance can do is talk about themselves. They're mad at something they have not attained to, which they think they should have. They're mad at other people for attaining to that. And then they always have to find things wrong with others and then talk about how they have been mistreated themselves. And an arrogant person who's still striving for things always blames others for holding this person down themselves. Second Timothy chapter three, verses one and two says this, know this in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud. This all comes back to defining what arrogance really is. It is pride, all based on love of self. 
Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 says that pride precedes destruction and before a fall, arrogance of spirit prevails. I'm simply coming back to what we're doing in this particular half of the broadcast. I'm defining for you what arrogance is. After this, we're gonna talk about the uh, remedy for arrogance when we come back in the second half of this broadcast. In the meantime, let me just say again, for those of you joining us today for the first time, welcome, glad to have you here. And uh, I'm on at this time every day, or if you really want to just go back and find a lot of me, you can find me on YouTube because I have a broadcast there on YouTube. And all the back ones, all the archived ones are there and you'll be blessed by that. For those of you joining me now for the 10th, 20th time, thanks for coming back. But for those of you who have gone beyond that and becoming a partner with me, not only have you listened to the broadcast, but your heart has identified with me and inside of our hearts have been brought together. And you said, I like this guy's vision. I like the way he teaches. There's a lot of other great ones out there too and a lot of people identify with them. I'm looking for those that say, Bob is the one I identify with so much, I wanna become a partner with him. That way we started out with partnership of the heart, then partnership in prayer, then partnership in giving. If you would like to become a giver into this broadcast, one who agrees with me and stays with me in prayer, go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And I'm gonna thank you ahead of time for doing so. I will see you when we come back from the break. Godly promotion seems always to come in steps. Slow growth allows us to learn valuable lessons on the way up, so once we reach the top, we can stay there and truly enjoy the benefits of success. It took many years from the time that David was anointed king until he became king of Israel. Those who advance too quickly because of their own efforts and talents often find the descent quicker than the ascent. Pastor Bob Yandian has based this book Leadership Secrets of David the King on Psalm 131, which reveals the secrets of David's successful leadership that he learned while ruling as king over Israel. To order The Leadership Secrets of David the King, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Okay, turn back with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 16 and take a look at verse 18. 
And we find here that pride precedes destruction. If you can stop pride, you can stop the destruction. If you overwhelm pride and walk in the humbleness of God, destruction won't come your way. Oh, you might temporarily be knocked down, but you get back up. Destruction means that you don't stand back up. And there's Christians everywhere who have come under destruction because they just can't get rid of the pride, the arrogance that's in their life. And everything in their life that's good is a result of them. Everything in their life that's bad is a result of other people keeping them down, squashing them, holding down. And so everything is blamed on others for your faults, but the good things are always things that you do. So again, Proverbs 16, 18, pride precedes destruction and before a fall, arrogance of spirit prevails. Take a look again at Proverbs chapter six. We're gonna talk about seven things that the Lord hates and we're gonna talk about the very first thing mentioned is arrogance, a proud look. Proverbs chapter six, verse 16 through 19 says this, these six things the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination to him. I wanna notice the word abomination. There are things in the Bible that are really, really bad, okay? But in this one, it talks about the ones that are an abomination to him. And I want you to notice some things that are not here. You won't find sexual sins here, although sexual sins are bad, but the ones that God truly hates, abominates, are those that revolve around arrogance and the display of arrogance. So the very first one mentioned in Psalm uh, 6 and verse 17 is a proud look. This is arrogance. And the arrogance on the inside produces a proud look on the outside. Your Your countenance is a reflection of the arrogance on the inside of you. Next of all, after a proud look is a lying tongue, a manifestation of arrogance, hands that shed innocent blood. And so this is murder, one of the few outward physical sins that are mentioned, but physical outward sins never start as physical outward sins. They start in the heart. And as a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he becomes. Verse 18, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief and a false witness that speaks lies and he who sows discord among brothers. All of these come back from that one thing, a proud look. Paul said in the last days that there would be uh, pride everywhere. He said that uh, in the last days, men will be lovers of self. This is exactly what arrogance is, is loving self. and But not only loving self, diminishing everybody else and putting yourself up as above everybody else. Arrogance puts a person in competition with everyone, condescending to those who seem lower and jealous of those who seem to be better. The arrogant must always leave in control of every situation and of every conversation. Here's some things about arrogant people. They overstate their own importance, brag on themselves all the time. No matter what you talk about, they've done it. And they've done it better than anybody else. If you want some advice on anything, they'll tell you. There was a guy that worked for me like that. I, I couldn't quite figure him out one time. Because when I mentioned one day in the congregation, you know, that uh, that the one that we had running our finances, I needed to re- replace them because they were leaving. This guy came up and said, I've done that before. And I've done this before. And so, uh, you know, what was interesting was not only did, had he done that before, that I was watching over finances, no matter what I mentioned with that, I said, well, we need to find, a, actually one of the toilets went out in the restroom. And I mentioned, he said, oh, I've done that before too. I worked with a, uh, with a plumber and he talked about that stuff. And so, 
I said, oh, that's that's kind of great. He mentioned something else he'd done. I found out after a while, no matter what I mentioned, he'd done it at one time or another. It began to strike me, if you'd done that many things, you couldn't have become that good at any one thing. And so sure enough, I mean, he ripped me off later on, took finances from the church and all that. But again, I want you to notice, first of all, that the arrogant overstate their own importance. They can't admit their own weaknesses and they can't admit other people's strengths. They can tell everyone how to be better, yet they themselves cannot be taught. Few of arrogant people, if any, can attain to their level. And they're constantly bragging about what level they are, and nobody has arrived to that level yet. Arrogance is the only disease that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. And so we find it again. People don't like to be around them. They think everybody loves them, but they don't know the talk that goes on. Oh, here comes so-and-so, this guy, this woman, whoever it is, and uh, they start distancing them. They may not be able to put it into words, but what they find out is when that person gets around, they have just done something fabulous, extravagant over everybody else. No one's ever done anything like it. And after a while, you begin to feel diminished when you're around them because, again, you somehow can't match up to their level. And if you can't do it, they'll tell you you can't do it. If you can't see it yourself, again, arrogance is the only disease that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. The enemy of the arrogant is the self-confident person. The arrogant consider the confident to be simple-minded, unaware of the real issues and the real ways of life. The arrogant despise authority. You know why? Because no one can tell them what to do. They already know what to do. If you hire them to do this, they'll tell you they're the best at it. If they come to do this, they'll tell you they're the best at it. And literally, the arrogant despise authority because they see themselves as the authority of everything. No one except God is the authority of everything. And literally, their greatest enemy is God. They may not say that, but they're constantly in battle against God. Again, the, the a person who is arrogant consider the confident to be simple-minded. They consider the confident to be unaware of the real issues of life and ways of life because why? The arrogant despise authority. They go over the heads of those in authority over them or they play both ends against the middle. In other words, if uh, when it comes to authority, they'll go around them and go to the person above them and then talk about the person in between. They're trying to get rid of them and they're actually trying to get their position as they go one step at a time headed toward the top. They eventually think they're smart enough to run the entire organization. They play both ends against the middle. They get people on each side and battling with each other and the whole time they're the ones that cause it. The arrogant secretly consider themselves smarter than God. Oh, this is found in the word of God. Proverbs chapter three and verse 34 says, God sets himself in battle array against the arrogant, but gives undeserved favor to the humble. So the arrogant overstate their own necessity and keep themselves surrounded by complexity. The one I was telling you about. I mean, there came a time when I wasn't getting uh, anything from them. I couldn't get a report from them. They're supposed to be keeping me up to date on the finances coming in the church. And I'd go and instead of getting this one every single Monday after the offerings on Sunday, so we can begin to set our budgets for the week, they wouldn't, then after a while, they didn't bring it in. And I went to him, he said, oh, no, I just, listen, I'll have it for you by tomorrow. Well, it didn't come by tomorrow. The next Monday, it wasn't there. So I came back, where is it? I need another, I'm, oh, now I'm two weeks behind. 
behind. And they simply said, you know what, pastor, you just don't understand the complexity of this job that I've got. You don't understand. Well, I didn't understand, but my whole thing, that's why I hired you because I don't understand it. And they said, listen, please understand that you've asked me to do a lot of things, but this is very complex. And I was going, no, it's not. I couldn't see them. But anyway, after about four or five weeks, six weeks, a month, month and a half, I was so upset that one day when that person went to lunch, I had my secretary go in there, open the door, get into his drawers. And what I found in there was lots and lots of uncashed checks because we'd been getting letters, phone calls from people saying, my check hasn't gone through yet. And what had been happening was this person was stealing the cash out of the offerings and keeping everything else. And anyway, I mean, when he got back, I fired him. He said, you wouldn't fire me. I said, yes, I would. He said, no, these people in this church love me. And I thought, boy, are you deceived? They don't love you. And so I said, no. And he said, well, I'm gonna, I, I don't think you'll do it. And I said, I am gonna do it. So the next Sunday, I told him, I'm gonna do it for the congregation. I got up the next Sunday and said, so-and-so was not doing his job. I'm sorry, but I had to let him go. And nobody thought a thing about it. He was sitting back there toward the back and was humiliated that I had mentioned he was not doing his job. And so he went somewhere else. And later on, after many years, ended up going to jail. So the whole point comes back to this is the arrogance overstate their own necessity and keep themselves surrounded by complexity. You couldn't get a straight answer. Everything I asked was, oh, it's just too complex to try to tell you what's going on. This is a sign of arrogance. Rather than, sir, I will get it as simple as possible and bring it to you in the next hour. That's what you're waiting for. Arrogance and confidence. The proud confuse arrogance with confidence. The humble often confuse confidence with arrogance. Arrogance will not credit others and cannot be taught themselves, but confidence credits others, parents, teachers, leaders, and is always open to being taught. In other words, a confident person says, yes, I know I'm doing well in business, but let me tell you, it wasn't just me. My mom and dad raised me this way. My teachers taught me, and, some of the, and then they'll name some of the best teachers they can remember back through elementary, junior high, high school, college. They'll point out the ones that really they identified with, taught them, and helped change their life. They'll talk about leaders in society, leaders in government, perhaps even leaders in our nation, presidents, and then they'll always bring back to spiritual leaders, pastors, youth directors, others who help to mold and shape their life. This is what a confident person does. He's not afraid to credit other people, but arrogant people will never credit others and usually tell other people, I'm a self-made person. I made my, you did not, there's no such thing as a self-made person. You didn't birth yourself. You didn't change your own diapers. You didn't feed yourself. It took a mother from the beginning. And then it took babysitters after that. Then it took teachers after that. And we go down the list. Your life is made up of lots of input from other people. And yet you want to claim it all came to you just naturally because you're so smart. Galatians chapter six, verses one through five. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore that one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is telling you the difference between a confident Christian and an arrogant Christian. But let everyone test his own work, then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man must bear his own burden. It simply comes back to this, stop taking yourself so seriously. God still today makes somebodies out of nobodies. God is looking for people who consider themselves to be a nobody. 
but are open to God making them into a somebody. Throughout the word of God, Moses, Saul of Tarsus, David, they were all nobodies when God found them, but they allowed God to make them into a somebody. Take your task seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Your task is important, but God could get anyone to do it. The message you're bringing is important, but not the messenger. I often have to remind myself of that, other ministers of that. What you're bringing, the word of life is so important, but you're not that important because why? One day you'll die, the message will be handed to somebody else like a baton. The importance is the baton, not the runner. Any runner can take it across the finish line. The same is true with the message and the calling that's on your life. Thanks for listening today. Don't get caught up in arrogance. Fight it with everything you have and stand true to the things of God. I will see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.